We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was amazing. You know, uh, it was amazing. Like I said, thank you to the fans for sure. Um, and we will, we got a tribute video, so I didn't think we were going to get that. But so, no, that was cool. Uh, no, I'm very appreciative, appreciative of my time here. And um, yeah, to come back, had a lot of emotions for sure. Uh, but you know, it was just, it was fun to play basketball here again. Obviously, didn't get the outcome we wanted. I wanted to win, but uh, just to see everybody uh, where I started my professional career is pretty cool. Just to see all my guys, uh, Johnny Bryant, uh, with him every day, just to see him, you know, on the other side, I was talking trash to him. He was talking trash to me, but uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Next up. Uh, we, oh, well, after this, I'll do it. Armin. I always get this one. Burden, you judge. Burden, that was the worst one. Birdnage? Birdnage. Yeah. Birdnage. About that. Why, as a top three or four fan base size, does Brunson have such a hard time getting votes? Very disappointing. Also, Drew needs heavy fines on that dancing. You mean this dancing? There you go. The funny thing is, I adore that song. I have no idea what song it is. Are you serious? John, I didn't know who the Rolling Stones were yesterday. <laughs> Dude, that's it's David Guetta. It's bad. Okay, I I know is David Guetta the guy that was on top of the Thirty Rock during the pandemic when I, there's a funny video that went yes around. I've he's seen like a video. DJ right he's the DJ okay I don't listen to DJs I listen to podcasts I'm fine being shamed for this I I've acknowledged my music illiteracy Dude, Guetta's Get is a shit. Did you hear a single song at my wedding from the la- from this decade? No, which is why I didn't dance at your wedding. Well, there may be been other reasons why you didn't dance at my wedding, but the point is, like, I, my music knowledge stops at like 2015. You know, if you had played Get at your wedding, I would have been all over that shit. I submitted a playlist that ended when my musical taste stopped. So, any. Anyway, uh, the I mean, reason that sounds like it's probably more than 10 years old. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the best. All right. Uh, Brightest Brunson have a hard time getting votes because my theory always on this is that New Yorkers are busy people and they have a lot of shit to do. We have pinned on our chat right now. So if you're watching live, the link to go vote 
I also just don't trust the, the numbers. There's no way that less than a million people have voted for Jalen Brunson worldwide. There's just like the amount of Knicks fans that exist. There's just no way. So. Uh, all right. Now I'll do the Begley thing. Uh, this is Begley sent out a tweet. He had a post game report with um, Nikki Laterulo in which, uh, and thanks to New York basketball for uh, they, they do a great job. They aggregate the right way. Uh, that Twitter account. So uh, this is Bagley. Jordan Clarkson, I'm told, teams looking into him say Utah's going to want a lot. <laughs> it was a shocker. On the Malcolm Brogdon front, I haven't heard anything significant there. And then Bruce Brown, I keep hearing again and again. Man, it's a, it's a little scary. It's a little scary. Um, Bruce Brown, he doesn't do it for this team, this Raptors team. And he didn't really do it for Indiana, but he did it for the, the Nuggets. He was kind of their backup point guard for a while. So, like, I get it from that perspective. I just, like, how many guys can you have on the same basketball team that teams are going to invite, invite, roll out the red carpet to shoot, you know, from deep and feel like it's a win if they do? Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Armin. Dom with another one. You're a madman, Dom. In the 24 games, we have dropped from 10th to now 20th and giving up turnovers. I love the flashes of dominance, but does the trade solve the issue? Does anything we are in need of a we are at we are at a we need to talk moment. I, I, I'm not I'm not losing my shit about this one. Like I think they're being sloppy with the ball. 100%. They're being a little careless with Julius. Some of it is indicative of how he processes and how he plays the game. And I think also some of it is like, okay, so you got Dante DiVincenzo in your starting lineup. Now, guess what? Quentin Grimes, a lot easier to avoid turnovers when Quentin Grimes in your starting lineup. You know why? Because Quentin Grimes doesn't put the ball on the floor. Quentin Grimes doesn't do anything. Dante DiVincenzo does more. I'll give you another one. Mitchell Robinson. Now, Mitchell Robinson turned the ball over occasionally when he would get an offensive rebound and he would bring it down and they would swipe at it and the whole thing. But like, that's a dude who did nothing with the ball. He Mitchell Robinson does less with the ball when he's in the, in the starting five, especially really when he's ever he's out there than as basically as much as any center in the NBA. Isaiah Hardenstein, guess what? Does stuff with the ball. So, DiVincenzo, Hardenstein, the Randall issues that exist. And now you're introducing another piece that you're trying to utilize and like get involved in the whole thing. There's more movement there. You're taking away RJ who like your your offense was used to operating with for years and years. Now you're introducing this piece. There's so many reasons why there's this offense is is giving away the ball more over the last few months. I I this is going to sound crazy. I think it's healthy. I really do. I think they need to move the ball more because guess what? Against playoff defenses, you're not going to get, you're not going to beat those defenses unless you move the ball and they need to be more careful and they need to be better at it. But guess what? This is, what is it? It's January 20th. You got three months. You got three months to work on this. They could do it. They could do it. It's, I, I think it's, it's a process, but it's a necessary process and they will be better for it. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you, man. 
Uh, Danny with another one. Can they get Burks and Brown without giving up any of their own firsts? So you want to make two different trades. Burks and Brown. Um, Burks, you're not trading first. Brown. Um, well, I mean, if you're not trading first for Brown, well, their own first, they're not giving up an unprotected first. If anything, they'll give up their first in this year's draft, but that who cares? doesn't matter because it's, it's this year. And then they'll, they'll, whatever protections will exist on the pick. I, I don't even know if they would need to protect the pick, but like to the extent that any protections would exist, they would extinguish after this year. So you're not carrying forward your obligations. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, you can get both those guys. I, I don't both. Yeah, probably using protected picks and grimes and whatever. Probably. I don't know if I, do, do we need both those guys? <clears throat> we'll see. Thanks, Danny. Bernard Richardson, can you name the last bad trade made by this front office? Um, Got I have one a, nominee. The camp you're thinking of the same one. Oh, I'm not even thinking that. The camp trade was like a worthy gamble. They traded an 11th man and like a, a protected first that became nothing. So the it, I will never blame them for the camp trade. The original yeah. sin was trading the pick for the pick that became Cam. Because they didn't want the pick. That's why they gave up the pick because it was a shitty pick because the Hornets suck and it was, that's going to convert to two seconds. So they're like, why not? Let's give it up for Cam. And the uh, Hawks were all too happy to do that because they wanted nothing to do with Cam Reddish either. But sorry, to, to the original pick, which is the, I forget if it was the 19th or the 21st, one of those two picks, they boxed themselves into the corner because that entire draft cycle, they were trying to package those to move up for Duarte. They never got to make that trade. And so they got there on draft night and they were standing there with their, with their Grady dicks in their hands. And they're like, Oh shit, we got to get rid of one of these. You like that? That's great. Like that. That's that Grady. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Um, and they're like, shit, we got to get something for this. Cause we can't roster this many rookies um, because they also had the, the, the deuce, well, it was one pick that became two with Rokas and Deuce. Anyway, they're like, we can't roster that this many young players, so they got the best thing they could get, and it wasn't that great of an asset. So, that's the original sin. Is it a bad trade? Whatever. What What are you thinking of? Jalen Williams. It's not even like that. Yeah. That's the the trade, but like because they didn't that's- trade the pick that became Jalen Williams, but they traded the pick for three protected first that they thought they'd be able to use for Donovan Mitchell. Instead of on just its, taking Jalen Williams. On its face, the value is good there. Okay. That's the only candidate I have. Like, I understood it. And then it led to opening up cap space for DEPM monster Isaiah Heitenstein and obviously Jalen Brunson. But, you know, if you're looking for a bad trade, it's that. And the good has so far outweighed the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Imad Khalil, what's going on, Imad? Uh, Julius Randle playing his best, playing his best all-around ball. The turnovers will come down, and the offense really will hum. Add it back a point guard, and we could beat anyone in the East. I agree. I think they can beat anyone in the East. Totally. You know, I, do I think they will beat anyone in the East in the seven-game series? That's a different question. But I mean, I just have so much respect for Boston and the way they do things, and and the fact that they. You know, to use the analogy that I used before in a different context, Boston is like a tsunami. When they are going, when they're humming, you could be playing pretty well and 
you look up and you'll be down by 20 because of how how much they could throw at you on, on both ends of the floor. Now, all that being said, if you're in a close game with them in the last five minutes, you probably like your chances because that team does not... There's something missing there, um, which is why I'd love to see that series. I would. Thanks, Amon. Jesus Christ. John Shin, um, we're giving Jalen Brunson's MVP trophy to you tonight. Thank you so much uh, uh, for the generous contribution. Okay, here we go. Um, Knicks fan TV coming in peace and also with a lot of respect for your work. Was at the Magic Knicks game and someone mentioned that KFS does not like Josh Hart. And I said, Macri doesn't like Josh? What's the beef, if any? I love my Knicks, but also love your stat-focused analysis. I don't know who gave you that information, but that is faulty. <laughs> this is, could not be further from the opposite. Not only does Macri love Josh Hart, but Tom Thibodeau loves Josh Hart, and therefore, John Macri loves Josh Hart even more. It's very much the equation of if... X then Y. Okay. Uh, I but shout out to you, John Shin, who clarified in the comments. This is a KFT KFTV fan, which uh, yeah. I mean, we're KFTV fans. They're KFS They're fans. Awesome. We are very mutual. Alex and I text all the time about the Jets and like work stuff. And CP, CP, I'm not gonna dox him, but like lives like five minutes from where my wife works. So we were talking about getting coffee one day that I go out there. Um, here's the thing about Josh Hart. He does things that help you win basketball games. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a weird, it's a version of the Randall thing in the sense that when he's doing something that you watch and you're like, well, that's not helping us win. It's often very glaring. And you, you, you will, people, certain people will allow that to overtake their, like the, the appreciation for all the other stuff that he does oftentimes, which does not to say nothing of it. It definitely doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but like you don't even notice a lot of the stuff. Um, like Josh Hart's going to make your your team better. Like, is it? Yeah, is it fair to say he's he's better probably playing twenty four minutes a night than thirty? Yeah, it's fair to say. But like, that dude's awesome, and I'm so happy they have him. And I think sometimes we get a little bit too bogged down in like, oh, he's not a floor spacer, and thus we don't have X amount of floor spacers on the floor, and thus we will not be able to be successful on the offensive end. Like. I think that stuff kind of gets overblown sometimes. I think you could you could make it work to some extent. <laughs> I agree because I see Andrew rolling his eyes in the Miami. I didn't roll series. my eyes. I just there's yeah in the Mi- no, but in the Miami that series, he's locked in at thirty is my only my only ever been my issue. When he's playing poorly, yeah, you're allowed to play other people that space the floor. And but the Miami series was not a good series, right? Um, and and he's an imperfect player, but like the Knicks are an imperfect team and they've been an imperfect team since they like, even now they're a somewhat imperfect team. So I like, I, I think to, to diminish Josh Hart and the other part of him, if I'm being frank is like, 
for as long as Tom Thibodeau was here, any player who is clearly a Tibbs guy that isn't like doesn't have a universal 100% approval is always going to catch shit from the fan base because there's a, just a massive segment of the fan base that just... That's the reason. Which is why yeah. if they trade for Bruce Brown, you're going to defend him the same way. Yeah, but, you, but Bruce, Bruce Brown would do great and, things here too. You know, Bruce Brown's an, another awesome basketball player. My hesitation with Bruce Brown is like again, there there comes a saturation point with how many of these guys you can quote unquote make it work with. Um, do I think that they? It, let me. I'll just say this: if they swap out Quentin Grimes for Bruce Brown tomorrow, do I think they're a better basketball team? Yes, I do. I'm going to say that, and it's not a knock on Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes, like Julius said about quickly and Archie, Quentin Grimes has a bright future ahead of him. Are they better tomorrow if they get Bruce Brown? Yes, they are. It won't change the fact that there will be some offensive possessions with both Bruce Brown and Josh Hart on the floor where Nick fans will be pulling their hair out and blaming the two of them and Tibbs. But then there will also be a true center because he won't go small and play exactly. Julius or Ananobi at the five. And if those two are on the floor and it's like, it's like Deuce is your floor spacer. And I like what we've seen since the break, but since the trade, well, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that he's your, he's your floor spacer. Can I say something though? Well, I, I think if they got Bruce Brown, I, I'm, I'm, I'm or you think they go to an eight man rotation. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm mm. Deuce would need to play. He has earned in, in that sense if Grimes goes, and you're only bringing in one rotation player, Deuce needs to play. He becomes an 8 to 12 minute player, which is what he's kind of been, but... Well, and it, it, he becomes a 12 minute player. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How many, he gets how the many Deuce McBride. Well, Deuce had a rough night, so tonight might be the night to... No, but like, the, 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 it's he has good nights, he has bad nights. He's a, he's a ninth man. You know? My point is, 8 to 12 minutes of rotation player during the regular 13 season. 13 to night. 13 to night. Okay. Playoffs, it absolutely becomes an eight-man rotation. Eight-man rotation. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you bring in Brown and you essentially make Brown the point guard when Bronson's off the floor, which you can do. Fucking Denver did it. Now, granted, Denver has some other talent too, but Denver did it and they won the championship. That's a switch everything defense. If you have Bruce Brown running point, I'm not saying you couldn't do this with Deuce too. I think with Deuce is more of a minutes thing, but just just hear me out. If it's if it's Brown running your backup point, and it's Hart, and uh, I mean it doesn't really matter what center is, but I guess it would be at, let's let's say it's a Chua for the time being, or even it's whatever, whoever, like and Ananobi, and then um, I guess it'd probably be Randall in those minutes. Yeah, it'd be Randall because because Brunson would be off the floor. Okay. If, if if Brown's running your your point, then then ran then Brunson's off the so, floor. So Randall's on the floor. But that's a switch everything defense. Achua, Randall, OG, Brown, Hart, true switch everything. So I like that. Um, on offense, I hate it. Do you though? You have four guys on the floor that can't shoot. They're just gonna go zone and then. You're going to have to hope that you can win those minutes 5-4. That's what we've been watching lately now. Randall with the bench has been awful because there's no true point guard. Which is why I maintain you can't get Bruce Brown if you're not also bringing in a point guard. It's a... 
You got ball movers there. You got connectors there. You got John but moving it around the perimeter there. because nobody can penetrate. Nobody could create. I, I Randall I could create an advantage. And how does it look so far? He's passing out to who? Because when he creates advantages, it's kickouts. And you're kicking and it out to Josh Hart, who's nearing look, 30% I, from three. Bruce Brown is nearing 30% from three. Achua or Hartenstein, who aren't three-point shooters. And Deuce McBride, who has a four-game sample size, basically, of being an elite three-point shooter. 14-game sample size, if you want to use what the last 14 games have been. You need someone that can space the floor to balance it out, especially because like Josh Hart in transition, I'm all for it. And he can be the Bruce Brown, which is why they need to go get a point guard. If you're going to do that, just let Bruce, let Josh Hart be Bruce Brown. I'm not saying the defense will be elite, by the way. You're right. But what we saw in the last two Tom Thibodeau playoffs is he knows how to coach playoff defense. Yeah. He's going to need talent to get him off. Shooting, shooting, shooting. He had shooting in the last couple offense at the uh, postseason. No, you're right. It's talent plus shooting. It's five guys that are shooting 40% from three two years, two postseasons ago. How'd that go? He knows how to coach playoff defense. The guy won a championship in Boston because he was the defensive coordinator of that team. How about, can I sell you on a 50% offensive rebound rate with that lineup? (laughs) There could be plenty of offensive rebounds, John. (laughs) You're not going to get anything. Oh my gosh, the Knicks have 27 offensive rebounds and they have not converted on this possession. Look, I I, I talk I talk myself into Bruce Brown. I'm just I'm being straight. I can I tell. My, yeah. And wanna know why you talked yourself into Bruce Brown? Because <laughs> Tom Thibodeau talked himself into Bruce Brown. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've got off the road. What time is it? It's 12 15 a.m. Yeah. How many people yeah. are watching this though? Still 800 people watching. Jesus Christ. What are yeah. you guys doing? Go out watching and get a fucking us. drink. No, stay here and watch us. We enjoy the audience and the party. This is fun. We're with 800 of our best friends, John. Uh, God. Anyway. Drew in here. Yeah. Thank you, John. Uh, and shout out to, to uh, Knicks Fan TV and shout out to CP. Um, does amazing stuff there. He's, he's uh, revolutionized this industry. Uh, it made an industry. Um, he had a very funny video tonight. He was at the game and okay. he like some Raptors fans were leaving early behind him because they were getting blown out. And he put the caption up of them. He put a video of them leaving and he said, someone get him some Tim Hortons, eh? It's just like, oh, wow. That's like very polite shit talk. Well done. Man. Yeah, I would love a donut right now. I'm a Tim Hortons coffee was more my favorite. Yeah. I just feel like a donut. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Prize Picks. Not only are they the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, but they're also the easiest and most exciting way to play. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the numbers, picking more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection. With basketball season fully underway, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. This is a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, take Jalen Brunson over in points or Julius Randle over in rebounds and combine it with two NFL picks like Lamar Jackson over in rushing yards or Zach Wilson over in interceptions. Prize Picks is a really simple way to play. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like on Taco Tuesday each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all basketball season. You know what to do. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, Dom Cappuccini, welcome back. Robert, we missed you. Hashtag 53 wins. Hey, it's right fucking there. LOL. Let's go next. Uh, there are... Are they not on exactly a 53-win pace right now? I think they might be. I'll do the quick calculation. Uh, next up. Thank you, Dom. Uh, Dom with another. KFS forever. Night all. See you Tuesday. Unless, of course, there's an emergency live stream. I don't think we're getting an emergency live stream before then. I'm just throwing it out there. I Part of me hopes I'm wrong because I wouldn't mind a trade before that point in time. But, yeah. I will fight you. If there is an emergency live stream tomorrow, we have plans. Why? Not we have. Oh, plans, okay. But we have a pod. We're doing an announcement in the morning. There'll be a okay. thing that we're announcing in the morning. Okay. And then I promised my wife a Sunday. Good. Okay. They're, so they're on a fifty road. win. They're on a fifty win pace right now. By the way. Well, yeah. Um, twenty five and sixteen. No, they were twenty four and seventeen. Right. Yeah. That's, but that's forty one games. Now they're on a fifty win pace. Yeah. It's actually technically a. F- a 49.6 win pace, but anyway. All right. Dork. Uh, thanks, Dom. I don't think there's going to be a emergency live stream. Sam Garcia's dad. What's up, Ray? Again, as far as trades go, I don't want to see Grimes or Unprotected First going out for a bench player. Glad to see Robert Cross back. We're all glad to see Robert Cross back. I'm, I'm sure Robert Cross is glad to hear the appreciation that he is back. Um, Let me just, again, they're not trading future Unprotected Firsts. That is not going to happen. It's it it's I don't know what else. It's not going to happen. Is there a chance they trade their first this year? Sure. They don't give a shit because once you get they're not making any earth shattering trade before draft night. And once you get past draft night, if you've traded your first round pick this year, the any stepian influence goes away and you could once again trade four future firsts and three future swaps. That's all they care about doing. They will not put that at jeopardy. Unless Joel Embiid becomes available on the trade market in the next 19 days, and I, I don't think that's happening, um, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, as far as like trading crimes for a bench player, like I've been thinking a lot about a tweet that DJ had a few days ago. Like, 
when after the Grimes news from Fred Katz broke, which is like, you should not trade this player for anything less than a star. And I, I'm looking forward to talking to DJ more about that because I, I don't know. I wonder what Grimes is at this point. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think it's an interesting conversation. Next KFS X's and O's. We'll lead with that. Can you clarify said tweet DJ? But I don't even need him to, I, I, I've just said expand the same even, <laughs> yeah. like, you know? Yeah, but I, 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 I would like to, to talk more about it because I think it's an interesting point of conversation. Imad Khalil, what's going on, Imad? Uh, Julius Randle planning is playing. Oh, we had this already. We did say uh, this. Okay. I didn't know if I unstarted too soon. We have two more. Okay, here we go. Joseph J, nice win, but end of the third was bad. Yes, it was very bad. Deuce, man. We probably didn't honor how bad that was. I literally dribbled the ball off his foot and ran, fell out of bounds. Like, and then they started the fourth. They ran a play for him, and he got to the rim and just missed. And then oh, Galen Brunson went to the scorer's table. Uh, so bad. Yeah, he had a, it was a great look. I mean, it was a good job by him. Um, yeah, like hitting hitting the hole. Anyway, yeah. uh, thoughts with Deuce playing the two and Grimes running point guard for a couple. Of, I mean, you're it's deck chairs on the Titanic, man. Uh, I I know Grimes is the point guard at Kansas, and he had to transfer from that school because it went so poorly. He that's not this team does not have a backup point guard. Actually, well, Malachi Flynn, but they don't seem to. Evil Dante's not a rotation player for a good team. Yeah, I'm not going to push back on that. Yeah, respect. Like I know, apparently, I went too hard on both Malachi and Precious, and I'll. I'll push. I'll, I'll take a step back on the precious Achua slander from the pregame show, but they are not rotation players. They weren't rotation players in in Toronto. They were barely rotation players. But Pre- Precious has always showed serious flashes. Very flashes. Real flashes. Yeah, flashes. But if you show enough flashes, you could be a rotation player. Which we're going to find out pretty soon. Thanks, Joseph. Uh, El Coriano 11. What do you think the record would be in the last 11 games of another team acquired OG? Six and five, question mark. Um, Man, I, I, I have no idea. So do they uh, beat Minnesota? Are we assuming they still have RJ and quickly? Yes, that's what he's saying. Oh they didn't make the trade. I, I, it, what the, it's 12-22. I had... It's the last question. Do they beat Minnesota? I can't do. That. I don't know. This would. This is me just throwing darts, blindfolded. I'll say yes. Do they beat Chicago? Yes. I'll say yes. Do they beat Philly by more? Actually, I'll say yes. I, Do they beat Washington. Wait, by hold on. But like, wait, wait, just wait. This is why this is a, El Coriano. I love the question. This is why I can't answer it. They so fundamentally altered the fabric of this team that to 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 even contemplate what would the Philly game have been when they won by thirty eight points. I can't do that because you know why that game was a what point? How many point lead at like after the third quarter or late in the third quarter, early in the fourth? It was like a ten point game. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, I just I, I here's can I just answer this in my own way? which I know you hate when I do this because it's like people like definitive like numbers and things like rankings and all that bullshit. Go right ahead. Be you. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, well, within reason. Yeah. Uh, I 
I think it was heading in a bad place. And I think the reason it was heading in a bad place is I think defensively, they had no identity. They had no backbone. They had no identity. And like, that's going to sound if you, if you, if you connect the dots, that's going to sound like I'm taking a shot at RJ because they gave away two players in the trade. One of whom was a good defensive player. Emmanuel quickly, a six foot three, 100 and whatever pound defensive player, but a good defensive player. It's not a shot at RJ. It's a compliment to OG Ananobi. But like they were veering so far off the rails defensively that I didn't, though, I, I, I still go back to that Orlando game. And it's not that they gave up a ton of points in that Orlando game, but Orlando, who is not a good offensive team. Their starting lineup with all kinds of guys missing was getting whatever they wanted against the Knicks defense that night. And it was staggering. And I'm like, what, 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 like, what, where is this? How could this get better? You know, um, especially because Hardenstein, who, like, okay, you blame him because Mitch was out and now it's Hardenstein. He was like, he's been good. And so it wasn't that. So it was just like, how are we doing this? And then offensively, RJ had gotten to such a place where it was, it was getting kind of toxic, right? Am I wrong about that? It was really bad over the last few games. He was actually good in the Orlando game, which is why Tibbs went he, small in the yeah, fourth quarter. He was. And then, um, oh, speaking of toxic, the fucking Emmanuel quickly minutes thing was threatening to completely torpedo everything about this team. And and Fred, I could say this because he said, he said it on our pod, right? In terms of the locker room and like the minutes issue, he he talked about this. I'm not. Yeah, he said this in general. Okay. Yeah. This was an issue. The minutes thing was an issue. There were there was there was I forget what I don't want to put words in Fred's mouth, but there it was not a wonderful, happy rainbows and gummy gumdrops situation in terms of minutes, points, usage, all that shit. So this was not headed in a good direction. And they made this trade, and now is it perfect? No. Do they have needs? Yes. But this team, this team rewrited itself with this trade in a lot of different ways. So, frankly, I don't want to think about what they'd be if they didn't make this trade. Um, and I'll leave it at that. So, El Coriano, I agree with you. They would not have as many wins as they would have had they not made this trade. In fact, I don't know if they're over 500 during the stretch if they don't make this trade. However, to John's point, we're talking about a team that has weaknesses, that has some flaws, that has ways to improve. And they're nine and two. And the two losses, they're like two rebounds away from those being wins. You Didn't know? Tib say that recently? He, he said like the the rebound, like it's it's those two games are are rebound away. And in both of those games, there was a possession at the end of the game where three chances were had by the other team to to get a rebound to to give the team the lead. Now the Orlando game I'm a little less like upset by because the they Dallas didn't have it's the Dallas. Didn't, the Dallas game they had them on the ropes and I thought I legitimately thought the Knicks were gonna take the lead they, at a certain point. They fucked around for three quarters. Yeah. And then Dallas when game. they they decided to turn it on, they got down to a one point game and it was a rebound. I thought they were going to take the lead and then like they would have got another stop and then it would have Expanded the lead and that would have been a win. The they scored ninety four points against Orlando. I can't. I, they just it was so difficult to score for them, especially with a hobbled Randall. 
you know, and the whatever version of Josh Hart we had. So I'm not as frustrated by it, but those are the two where like it's two losses since the trade. On, and there's on, like these margins that could have made him wins. On the season, I, I said this in the in a to somebody the other day. Um if the if the four most frustrating losses are the are, are is Orlando, Dallas, um, Utah, and okay, so. Fe- uh, not not uh, okay, awesome Phoenix. The 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 Booker shot because okay, Durant and Beal missed that game. Like or the Orlando loss is a distant fourth for me. It's the other three, and like with given how Utah's played recently. Um, and given the fact that, like, again, we don't want to think about it in this way, but the fact that Kyrie had an, had an all-time Kyrie game in the Dallas game, like, we can't just, like, brush that under the rug. That happened. That was a thing. To say nothing of Timmy, who was great, too. So, like, have they had a horrible loss this year? And then Devin Booker. Like, Devin Booker's a pretty good basketball player. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it goes back to the theme of, like, they are solid. And to the extent that they were going from solid to something a little unsturdy, they re-solidified themselves with this trade. Not perfect, but I, I mean, I, I, it's been a long time since I've been in this excited for a trade deadline. I'll say that. Yeah. I, I feel a little bit bad that I'm saying that and I like quitting Grimes, but I, they're, they're very close. Like I, I can't. Like I'd be upset with with a Quentin Grimes trade. I also thought I'd be upset with an Emmanuel quickly trade, and it changed the trajectory of the franchise. So, yeah. you know, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, don't, well, this don't is don't dump him for like a pick is my all my only thing. Don't yeah. look at it as just. A, I don't think they will. I'm just saying on at the front. Like I want to like the Quentin Grimes trade if it happens. I think here's what I'll say. I think when it happens, I do think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be for a player that like, like you're not getting OG Ananobi in this trade. It's going to be a lesser player. Um, but I think it'll be someone that you could feel good about playing 20 minutes in a playoff game. And we'll see if that puts them in a conference final. It's wild that we're having this conversation. He was good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This was fun. This was great. This was a journey. Um, appreciate you all being here with me uh, and Andrew for it. Uh, please like the video if you haven't already done so. Push the push the uh, thumbs up there and subscribe to the Knicks Film School uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I think we're getting close to like 15,000 YouTube subscribers, right? 14.2. So if you want to be there. part of the 800 that get us to 15,000, we'd love for you to jump, come, come aboard. Come on you down. Know? If you're, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast version uh, tomorrow or Monday or whatever, and you're like, I'm not subscribed to the next folks with YouTube channel. Cause I don't go on YouTube. You know what? I don't care that you don't go on YouTube, come over to YouTube and just subscribe to the channel. Cause they'd be doing us a solid. Yes. And then uh please obviously come. yes. <laughs> What's going through my mind right now? Oh, the the same thing. <laughs> all right, that's it. Uh like like yeah, rate, subscribe, review all the things. Uh shout out to all pale dicks tonight and uh <laughs> Grady, again, Grady Dick. Once again, a happy ending.
<laughs> We're going back to this. <laughs>